to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rhema Word of Faith, the Word Church. And again, this week, we're uh, this whole year, we'll probably be speaking on uh, the kingdom of God. We're speaking on the subject of the keys of the kingdom. Jesus said in Matthew 16, I give you the keys to the kingdom. And we understand that those keys are <laughs> the commands of God with promises. Uh, Jesus also referred to them as the mysteries of the kingdom. Well, we understand mysteries have to be unlocked and that keys unlock things. So he's going to give us these keys to unlock heaven. That's have, good I, preaching there. Yeah, th those keys unlock, give us access to unlock the things in heaven. Remember, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, you need to have access to heaven if you're going to unlock them. And we understand that we're born again with children of God, we've been saved by grace through faith. And that's that first key that unlocks heaven, faith. <laughs> without that, And that's the master key. Yeah, without faith, you can't please God. Without faith, you can't know God. Without faith, you can't do anything. Yeah, yeah, you got you to have that, that, that main key. That key, you know, you ever had a lock that had two, a door that had two keys on it or two locks? You got to lock, unlock the first one, then you use the other key, and there it is. Well, that faith key is always there. And faith is simply, I like to... Put things in simple terms. Faith is having confidence in God, trusting in God, acting on what God said. Right, and God so you believe God, so you do something. Yeah, you go. And you have confidence in him. You know, like you just described the other day, I have confidence that this chair is going to hold me up. Therefore, I, I sit in it. You didn't get to that chair and sit in with doubt. You went with straight or confidence. You, did, you wouldn't sit in it. Right. You say, no, no, I, I, I'll stand. <laughs> but that's what confidence is. So we have to have use that, utilize that first key, which is faith. But also, uh, I want to talk about, we're going to go to some of those other keys, but we want to go general now because Jesus uh, commanded us to have faith in the kingdom of God. He said we're kingdom citizens. Scripture said uh, last week we went to the, yesterday we went to the scripture over in Mark 1, 14 and 15, where he said he came preaching the, the gospel of the kingdom. And then we went over to Acts 1, 2 through 3, and it was after his death, burial, and resurrection, just before the ascension, he came back and spent 40 days with his disciples. And he, the scripture said he taught, he taught them again things pertaining to the kingdom. So this kingdom theme just runs throughout the Bible. And we know or believe that this kingdom was first established in the garden, Adam, committed high treason, because remember, we're in the government of God, not the government of such and such, but the government of heaven. That's where we're, 
That's where we're going to spend eternity at. And <laughs> yeah, we're going to spend eternity in heaven. That's where our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, which is located in heaven. And that's our final destination, those who are born again. So that's maybe that's why the scriptures say don't be live for yourself treasures on earth. Right. Well, because I guess you know, won't spend. I'm going to live well, my see, treasures. Not going with us. Right. I want to live my treasures where I'm going to spend eternity at because, you know, this is going to pass away. So anyway... Uh, the kingdom of God. So we want to just talk about having faith in the kingdom of God. And, the, and basically, again, simple definition, the kingdom of God is the God's way of doing things. And it's also referred to as the kingdom of heaven. It's the kingdom of God, which is from heaven. And we've been, Scripture says those, what is born of the flesh is flesh, and that's born of the spirit or the water is from heaven. So when we got born again, we got a spiritual birth. And our spiritual birth came from heaven. So, again, we have to be transformed and be programmed to believe the things that come from heaven, which the word of God comes from heaven. So we have to have faith in God's word. And God came in through Jesus talking about this kingdom. And, again, that's God's way of doing things. So we have to learn God's way or the kingdom way of doing things and I'm reminded too, back in Romans 12, it says, before he talked about being transformed by the renewing of mind, you know what he said? Don't be conformed to this world. Right. See, the, the world is conformed to an old mind, an old mindset. A kingdom of darkness, because the Bible right. refers to the devil as the, the, the ruler of this age, the ruler of the world. He's the ruler of the world system, which all of us came out of, because all of us were born sinners. That's why we got to get born again. And you get born again, the Bible says in Colossians, you get, just, just look at that real quick. In Colossians chapter 1, it says we've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love, or into the kingdom of God, or the, yeah, the kingdom of light. We left one system. At least we should have. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. sometimes well, even Christians like to keep one foot in the old right, way and one foot right. in the new. Well, spiritually, <laughs> we were translated out of one kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Well, since you're no longer there anymore, remember, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. So you're not in the darkness no more. Now you're in the light. Well, in the light, I should be able to see things a little more clearly. And that's why he wants to give you that spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. He wants the mind of your understanding to be enlightened. And it's only going to be enlightened once you get the truth. Jesus said it simply. You should know the truth and the truth will set you free. Then he went and said, my word is truth. So once we start feeding on the word, again, that's what this broadcast is about, to, to feed your faith, to ignite your faith. Once you start feeding on the word of God, it'll lead you to the truth. And the truth is Jesus came to establish what's known as the kingdom of God, which is the kingdom from heaven. And that's where we as the church, the body of Christ, the people, that's the reality that we're supposed to live in now or be transformed to it says over in Colossians, Colossians Corinthians that we're being transformed into his image his right. image not the old image not our old way yeah yeah not yeah. the world's way right. his image and, and again that's going to take some time that's going to take some teaching some reprogramming well you know I I'm always like the scripture in Romans where it says that we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind because the clear implication there is that our old mind was no good. 
No good. We need a new mine because the old mine was no good. But old mine ain't going to work in heaven. You well, can't, it isn't going to work anywhere. Well, it ain't going to work. It'll work in the kingdom of darkness. And right, you're going to I mean, get the results. God's kingdom. Right, right. And that's the kingdom we're in now. And I tell people every time, every Sunday, you can't come in the kingdom of God and operate in kingdom of darkness principles. They're not going to jive. It's like water and oil. You can't, I tell people, and I break it down real simply. I tell, we always invite, open our home up to different people, friends and relatives. We give them a three-month period, trial period. We'll let them come and say, but I always let them know, now, I pay all the bills here. I, I set all the rules here. You're coming into my space. You can't come into my space with your program because I pay the cost to be the boss here. So now just understand that you can stay with us, but I have a set of rules. And we let people come and live with us. I got a gentleman living with us now. One of the main rules is we go to Sunday services every Sunday. That means everybody in the house goes. <laughs> if you're a guest, you better be dressed on Sunday morning because that's what we do in my house. Again, back to Scripture. And I only do things scripturally based. As for me and my house, <laughs> we're going to serve the Lord. So when we are going to the church service, everybody in the house does it. So God says we're in his house now. We're in his family. And he's already, and it's not a, a democracy in the kingdom of God. There's only one king, and he rules forever. Well, see, and that's the thing <laughs> is that God says that, that we are to be transformed and by the renewing of our mind, be conformed to the likeness of Christ. So like you say, it's not a democracy. You don't get to say, well, you know, I don't think I, I want to be a believer. I want to be a Christian. I want to be a child of God, but I don't want to be conformed to the likeness of Christ. I want to, I want to do my conforming over here. No, there's no option. I don't it, agree it, with it, that it, one right. there. It's no. not optional. <laughs> That's God's plan for every believer is to be conformed to the likeness of Christ. And we, there's no choice in that. That's, that's his plan. You know, the Bible talks about being predestined. That we've been predestined right, to be conformed to, be to his conformed image, to his likeness. Well, you I don't, don't want to get... be Richard. I don't want to be conformed to his likeness. Right. Well, well, you're well, in I mean, now. Can you imagine you went into the Marines and they started telling you at boot camp what to do? And you, you know, I just don't feel like doing that, Sarge. I don't. I don't. Get four thirty in the morning. That's a little too early. I think seven thirty'd be better. You can't and do you know, that. I don't like the, what you're serving for breakfast. You know, if we could have something a little bit different, and you know, all this marching—that's just getting to be too old. Uh, where's the cars? I know you guys got vehicles. What are we marching for? They're going to just, no, that's not going to fly because now you're in another group. What they're saying is this organization, we already have an order. Right. A system. We're conforming you. Right. You're not going to conform and, us. And see, and that's what we want to do in the church, in the body of Christ. We want God to conform to what we want him to be. Right. And see, he we says, want to no. conform him. He says, no, I'm conforming you. Right. And, and there's no voting on this. Can't vote. So whatever I say is, is so. Because I'm the, the author, but they're the not mean rules. His burden is not heavy. No, no, no. You know, no. his yoke is easy. Well, you know what? The God of this world, that that kingdom that we came out, the scripture refers to as the kingdom of darkness. He wants to suggest to you that those commands are grievous. You can't have no more fun. Oh, yeah, God Why just God mean. To? Yeah, he just mean. No, 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 he's no. He's anti-fun. Yeah, yeah, he's anti-fun. He just trying to hinder your. He wants you to be downtrodden. He wants you to be depressed. He wants you to. Feel bad all the time. So, and that's why you have to know. We we say God is good all the time. He wants you to have joy. He doesn't want you to be depressed. He wants you to have joy. It's like any responsible parent. We lay down rules and regulations to our children because we've been there and done that. We know better. It's not to hinder them from having a nice time. We want them to have a nice time without getting in trouble. 
So we say, hey, son, daughter, here's, I'm going to drop some wisdom on you. And the Bible says all wisdom is hidden in God and Jesus. So if all wisdom and knowledge, it says wisdom and knowledge over in Colossians. So if daddy said it, and we claim we're, we're submitted to daddy, we didn't humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Okay, daddy said it. It may not make sense to me now, but I'm just going to go ahead and draw from wisdom because I ain't no fool. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing. You know, when we're dealing with our children, we are wiser than them. We know more than they do. But there are times as a father, you're kind of guessing. You don't know exactly what the right thing is. God always knows exactly what the right thing He is never, ever guessing. He's never hoping he's making the right decision. He always knows the right thing. Again, I use the word responsible parent. Just because you got kids don't mean you're a responsible parent. And that's why we call him Abba Father. Abba means you're the highest. You have all knowledge. We, we come to you in reverence. We understand that you know better than us. And, and again, some Christians want to, they think they know more than God. Yeah, they don't really yeah, want yeah. to acknowledge Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they know more than God. And now that's what happened to Satan. He wanted to exalt himself above God, and he got kicked out. Well, that's what happened to Eve when right. she saw that the fruit was good for knowledge. See, she wanted to be as smart as God. But who tried to influence her or convince her that it was good for well, knowledge? The, the, yeah, that old serpent called the devil. Right. So anyway, as maturing Christians, you got to understand Jesus said something. He said, my sheep hear me and they know my voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. So anyway, if Jesus came talking about this kingdom and he kept referring to the kingdom and he said also the kingdom of God is like as if a man sowed seed in his ground. Seed represents the word, the word of God or words. So he, there's this kingdom theme all throughout the Bible. And again, a lot of us been taught church service and church. And yes, we are the church, the body of Christ. And again, the building is not the church. You are the church. You are the body of Christ. Christ dwells inside of you. The scripture says in Romans 8, the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells inside of you. And he gives life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that lives in you. He lives in us. We're called the church, the body of Christ, not the building. And again, we've been conformed to the world to refer to the building as the church. Right. So if I keep telling you that's the church, that's the church, You'll start getting an image, oh, that's the church. I'm not. I'm just this well, little old nothing. I understand when people say, I'm going to church. I understand that too. But yet, you wherever you are, the church is with you. You're not going to church in the sense of, there's the church over there, and I'm going to it, and now I'm leaving church. No, you're the church. You're the church. Going. You know, and, and we quoted scripture yesterday, Philippians 4. Four and five, where he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say again, rejoice. And then in verse five, he says, The Lord is near. The Lord is always near you. And as you were talking, it just brought that scripture back to me. God is not sitting over in your church building or mine waiting for all of us to come back. He's, you know, sometimes I think Christians get the idea God's sitting back there. He's just lonely. Man, I, boy, I'm sure missing everybody today. I, I can't, wait till, get here, can't huh? wait till Wednesday if you have midweek or Thursday if you have midweek or next Sunday. I just can't wait till they all come back because, man, it's sure boring here by myself. No, God is with us wherever we are, whatever we are doing. He is always near. And speaking of that, just yesterday, we didn't get to go to the scripture, but I had it uh, ready. We, we ran out of time. But again, Luke 17, verse 20, and, and I'm going to read. It says, now when he was asked by the Pharisees 
when the kingdom of God would come. So Jesus must have been talking about the kingdom of God a lot because the Pharisees asked him. So when, when is this kingdom this of God kingdom showing up? And, and look what he said. It says, he, Jesus, answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. And he gave some definition of what he meant in the next verse, 21. Nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. So it's, it's within you. So the kingdom of God is in us. And that just verifies the other truth that we got. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Right. Yeah, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. That's part of the kingdom of God. And the that kingdom of God. That's what makes you a child of God. Right. And that's what puts the kingdom in you. But also what puts the kingdom in you over in Mark chapter 4, starting at 1, and over in Luke, he talked about the parable of the sword. The sword soars the word. Since the kingdom is in you through the Holy Spirit, now you got to be transformed. You got a new spirit when you get born again, but what you didn't get is a new mind. He That's don't say, be, yeah. He didn't say be transformed by the yeah, renewing of your spirit. Wouldn't it be great if it was? Wouldn't it be great if that? Yeah, it would be great. Our mind was just instantly transformed. We never had another evil thought. We never had another bad thought. Well, we never said well, the wrong thing. But that, we that just would, became perfect. That it would be boom. But God says, I, I, I have my way of doing things, and my way is that you feed on the word. Allow the word to come down in your spirit. Start believing it, because that's where your faith comes out of your spirit. And feed, eat my word, because whatever person eats, that's what they are. You are what you eat. So if you're feeding on the word of God daily and doing like he said, meditating on it day and night, pretty soon it's meditation of the words of God, which is another key to the kingdom. Meditation transforms what you believe. You start feeding on the word and meditating on it, you won't believe what you used to believe that came out of the kingdom of the darkness, especially if you're allowed to get uprooted. You'll start believing the new program, the new Installation of the new CD, that which God is the Word can of God, provide all your right? Needs right. According to His now, now see, glory. once you start putting that in your spirit, it's going to transform what you believe. It's going to renew your mind. It's going to allow your faith to grow. Your knowledge in God is going to grow, which in turn is going to allow your confidence in God to grow. So He says, "I want you to do your part too." Yes, I gave you a new spirit. You can communicate with me now, with heaven now, but I didn't give you a new mind. And then He told us in the Word. Be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. In Ephesians, it says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. I think that's a little deep part of your mind. I believe that's that subconscious part where that stuff has been really programmed and rooted in your subconscious. Because we do things subconsciously. And, and a quick example, there's the conscious, the subconscious, and the conscience. Subconsciously, when I'm asleep, if a fly comes and fly around my nose, I'm asleep. And I'll, I'll, I'll hit so riding a bicycle, a lot of things, driving a car now. When I first learned to drive a car, you couldn't do all that. Now we drive a car, we talk on the cell phone, we pick our nose, we do Wait a whole a lot of you things. You don't talk on the cell phone, that's illegal. Well, well I'm just saying we can, do, we can do multiple things now subconsciously. Well, just think about all the things got programmed into us. It's down in our subconscious now. So now God says, I want to uproot that. A lot of the wrong things were planted in us. So we have to allow that uprooting. And then allow the new seed to be planted in us. But now news, I know something about seed. I'm not a gardener, but I know seed needs to be uh, nurtured. You got to water it. You got to put a little fertilizer on it. You got to watch it because birds of the air come and try to eat that seed up. So you got to guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. So when the new seed or the new programming is be coming in you, First of all, your, your ground got to be good ground. You don't want to plant no seed on some contaminated soil. 
And he talks about that in Mark 4, about the different uh, soil types. And he's referring to our heart. He said there's the wayside, there was stony ground, there was thorny ground, and then there was good ground. Everybody likes to say they're good ground, but you better examine yourself. Everybody want to be good ground. And God wants everybody to be good ground. But he referred to that as, as seed. And he said that's how the kingdom is going to come into you as you receive on good ground. And then he gave us this other key. He says, meditate on it day and night. Observe to do all that's written in it, and then you'll make your way prosperous. Then you have good success. And then in Psalms 1, he said, blessed is the man who meditates on the word day and night. He will be like a tree. Huh, what starts a tree? I guess it would be a seed. He'd be like a tree planted by the rivers of living waters who leaves shall not wither, wither, who brings forth its fruit in the season, and whatever he does shall prosper. Well, that's what God wants us to be. But it's only going to happen as you feed on God's word. And if you just keep feeding on it, you'll get the revelation of the kingdom of God, that kingdom thing that Jesus came to reestablish, and not all this religious crap. The religious guys, was kind, little ones just came to Jesus in Luke 17, 20. It says, now when, the, when he was asked by the Pharisees, <laughs> they were always trying to test Jesus to, and, and cast doubt on who he was, who God said he was, what God sent him for. They were always trying to catch him up in the same thing today. So we got to be careful what we hear. Or Scripture says, be careful how you hear. Because just because somebody got a pastor in front of their name or evangelist or this, remember what the Bible says? Always measure it with the, the truth of the word of God. Because these were, I guess that's what a lawyer was, a Sadducee, was it? They they studied the law, the, the Ten Commandments. Well, the Sadducees don't believe in in being born and not born again, well, but <laughs> eternal life. They don't believe that you're going to go to heaven. That's why they say they were sad, you see. see right? <laughs> All right. Well, the Pharisees, well, one of them was, they, they studied the law. They studied the commands, so they figured they knew God. But then Jesus showed up on the scene. They like, well, they knew oh. the law. Yeah, they knew law. They, they didn't know him. They, they didn't know him, yeah. See, you can know your Bible and not know him. There you go right there, and that's the there, point I was trying to make. thousands <laughs> of people teaching religious studies in the United States and universities all over this country who know what Scripture says, but they don't know Jesus. Well, they, I mean, because they can read. The Bible says they have not understanding. And Paul said in Romans 10, 1, he said, you have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. He said, you being ignorant of God's righteousness have gone about to establish your own righteousness. Right, which is the law. See, we right, love right, 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 right. I, I always maintain that it's easier to follow the rules than it is to follow the Spirit. Because, see, I can make up these rules. Number one, who's making the rules? We are. So I'm going to make up rules I like, right? Right. And we, I mean, we don't really think of that, but the rules that we, we're the ones making up the rules and then we'll follow the rules that we've made up. And then guess what? We're in. Mm -hmm. That's easier than following the spirit, because if we follow the spirit, then we're going to be following things that God says, not us. And we're going to have to do it God's way, not ours. And so it is much easier to make rules and try to follow rules than it is to try to follow the Spirit. And that's what happened with the Colossians. That's what happens a lot with people. They start off, the Colossians, you know, they start off by faith. Mm -hmm. He says, who has bewitched you that you want to go back to the rules? That happens to Christians every day in the United States. They start off by faith. They say, yes, I know I'm a sinner. I know I can only be saved by grace through faith. I know it's the blood of Jesus. But then almost... 
as soon as they get saved, they want to go back to following the rules. They want to go back to, oh, I, you can't smoke, you can't drink, you can't go to the movies, you can't go to the gamble, you can't go to the casino, you can't look at women, you can't do this and you can't do that. And pretty soon, you're back to the law again, the law that could not save you in the first place. And yet now, once again, you want to go back to the law rather than continuing in grace, which is exactly the problem that Paul saw with the Colossians when he says, who has bewitched you? That you after starting with, the, with grace, after starting with faith, why do you want to go back to the law? Well, you know what? That's why, again, it's good to be in a good Bible-based church. I was looking for something I read in Matthew 23 this morning where Jesus was telling uh, the disciples, his disciples, and, uh, and he, put, he highlighted his disciples. Well, his disciples meaning he was having some one-on-one sessions with because it, it well, highlighted see, his disciples. You can be the disciple of the devil. You can right. be the disciple of anyone. It's his <laughs> Are we his disciples? But 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 he told he he commanded his disciples. He says, "I want you to hear and observe what the Pharisees are are teaching out of the law." He said, "Hear it and, and do it." He said, "But don't be like them, that they they know it but they don't do." It. <laughs> he was telling his disciples that he's like, "Ain't nothing wrong with the law if you're gonna hear it and do it." He said, "But they well, nobody can do it." Yeah, yeah. There's a problem with well, the law. Well, Nobody can do well, it. Well, I'm going back to what Jesus was saying. I guess he was telling his disciples, he was pointing, he was highlighting the fact that they, they don't even try to do it. Right. They couldn't do well, it. Well, and again, all the Old Testament pointed to Jesus. But Paul says, Paul has to say to Peter, why are you trying to put this yoke on their neck? We couldn't carry it. You couldn't carry right, it. Right. right now you're trying well, to put well, it on them. Well, but in, in the fullness of time, the, the one and only lamb showed up and the Pharisees wouldn't even receive him. But remember his disciples did Jesus disciples received him as the Messiah and the Pharisees wouldn't receive him. So there goes the law. So even if y'all kept the law, it don't matter because you didn't receive me and, and his disciples did. So I guess they fulfilled the law because they followed after truth, right? They, they were still him. holding on to the, Man, we got this. We got this. And Jesus like, well, you can let that go. I'm here now. I'm here to fulfill it. No, you're not. You're the carpenter's son. He's like, so again, and Jesus knew what his purpose was for coming on earth was to redeem mankind and establish the kingdom of God, the same system that was operated in the garden before the fall. And that's what he kept on trying to explain to them, the kingdom of God. And the Pharisees like, well, when is this kingdom is going to come? He's like, uh, well, you won't be able to see it, but uh, it doesn't come with observation. Again, that's going to do it for this segment of Faith on Fire. And as always, we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And we want to remind you as you go through this week, keep living by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. 
Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.